Could you tell me what you had for breakfast? This morning I had a daily harvest blueberry and hemp smoothie. Welcome to Music on Your Own Terms, the podcast that aims to help musicians develop an entrepreneurial mindset through interviews, as well as discussing resources, concepts, successes, and more. Providing a platform to talk about negative emotions such as anxiety and depression in order to help overcome them in the context of music and reduce the social stigma. This is episode 73. Sponsored by the Skinny Armadillo Printing Company in Fort Worth, Texas, offering screen printing, embroidery, laser engraving, and a range of other services. Go to theskinnyarmadillo.com I'd really to learn appreciate how they can help if you, you would get leave your a merch review business on to the next level. Because that really helps the podcast get in front of more people just like you who want to learn from the successes, strategies, and failures of artists and entrepreneurs that I talk to. I really feel that the information coming from those guests is exceedingly valuable for the musicians community and anyone wanting to pick up tips from other people's experiences. Making his triumphant return to the podcast from episode 12 and just the tip one is Steve Haderchuk of Mindset X. We catch up with what's been happening with Mindset, Steve's acoustic cover act The Deviant, and also talk about his new solo material under the name Stephen H. Scott. Steve and I also use Ari Herstand's book, Making It in the New Music Industry, to springboard a conversation about social media and general marketing ideas for musicians, and what the scene might look like after COVID. Stay tuned until the end to listen to Steve's new single, Anywhere But Here. In a world with so much that needs to change, We can often get a case of analysis paralysis and a fear of not doing the right thing or not doing enough. Whether you want to work towards racial equality, fight against human trafficking, or as I've been speaking about in the last few episodes, creating more awareness of mental health, doing something towards the greater good is a positive step that you should embrace. It's easier to do nothing, but once you make the first step of talking about a difficult subject or taking some action, the next step becomes easier. As I've said before, if you start with yourself, by way of education and self-improvement, you are already making the world a better place. Once you start making changes, people will see your action and hopefully be inspired by what you are doing and follow suit. I'll leave you with a few quotes. There are risks and costs to action, but they are far less than the long-range risks of comfortable inaction. John F. Kennedy Throughout history, it has been the inaction of those who could have acted, the indifference of those who should have known better, the silence of the voice of justice when it mattered most that has made it possible for evil to triumph. Hallie Selesi One has to speak out and stand up for one's convictions. Inaction at a time of conflagration is inexcusable. Mahatma Gandhi The only thing necessary for the triumph of evil is for good men to do nothing. Edmund Burke The world will not be destroyed by those who do evil, but by those who watch them without doing anything. Albert Einstein And our friend Confucius has this to say. Men who stand on hill with open mouth will wait long time for roast duck to drop in. And here's Steve.
Welcome to another episode of the podcast. Today, I am once again joined by Mr. Steve Haydashuk, also known as Stu. <laughs> How you doing, man? I'm doing well, Simon. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. Good. Uh, yeah, so uh, last time we met you on the podcast was back in, I think it was the end of March last year at episode 12, and then you, you were very kind to do a little update on uh, my Just the Tip episode, number one, on COVID, so... Yeah, so what's been going on? What have you been up to? You know, I think uh, probably like most musicians, kind of staying busy and, you know, trying to write some new material. Hmm. <laughs> because playing out live right now has been a little bit a little bit difficult, I think, obviously, as you know. Um, so I think we're all trying to, trying to connect the dots in our head and trying to figure out ways to, you know, keep the creative process going. For sure. Um, yeah, so you, uh, is it right you broke your wrist a little while back? Yeah, about, what are we on? This I'm probably on, I think this is my, almost two years. I think we, we crossed the two years mark. So, uh, still still acts up once in a while, but, uh, you know, through the through the modern technology, uh, yeah. they, can, they can rebuild me, and they did, so I'm good to go. Yeah, I've had, I, I broke both my wrists one year apart when I was 11 and 12, and I my right wrist, you know, back in the dark ages then, and I've always had issues with my wrist, so. I find playing guitar helps. Like the more I play, the more it loosens up. So yeah, it's you know I, I I've come to the conclusion that I've hit I've hit my mid forties that no matter what you know once you do an injury I don't care about the surgeries or anything there's always going to be that little twinge or that little thing it's never going to be exactly the same you know so right. it is what it is part of life at least they can you know at least they can do that and not just kind of you know hope for the best back in the I don't know what they did in the sixteen hundreds when someone. They just cut it off. <laughs> I think you're right. Well, sorry, you lost that. <laughs> right. Now we have to put you down. <laughs> Did they kill you? Yeah, yep. they kill you. <laughs> anyway, so uh, what's been happening with mindset? Any any new uh, music coming out? I mean, we we play. I think the last episode we did play a single that was off the newer material. Oceans, um, yeah. Oh, we did Oceans, but you'd released the single after that. Oh yeah, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. The red. red and black and white. So I don't. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't know if. Uh, yeah, so let's let's just start there because you did release something. So yeah, I think you're talking about uh, the world is going to hell. I think that's yeah, that was the, that's the singer that we released. Um, so after that, we kind of went back into writing mode, um, and we have, to be honest, we have an entire album written um, and and ready to record. In fact, we were scheduled to go into the studio um, right before this shitty COVID thing hit, and mm. uh, you know, obviously, had to back off of that for a little while. But um, last practice, we just talked about kind of reaching out again. And um, mm. I think our plan is to kind of, if I recall, to kind of go into a big room and get some really good drum sounds um, and then bring everything back to my studio and kind of record the rest of the stuff that way. Um, Great. But, you know, originally we were supposed to release something, you know, end of summer, early fall. But I think, yeah. again, again, like, the, like many of us uh, struggling musicians here, I think, you know, everything's getting pushed out a little bit. So I'm hoping... You know, I, I pray to whatever God, whoever, whatever is up there that this doesn't resurge in the fall and December and we go backwards again. But right. um, hopefully, you know, we can kind of come up with something sometime in the winter. I mean, from a statistical standpoint and from a musician standpoint, winter is usually not the best time to release music. But um, mm. we, we never did anything by the grain anyway. So who gives a shit? Doesn't <laughs> Fantastic. And, and Paul hasn't released his uh, solo um, synth album yet. Then I, I'm sure he's still working on that. I'm sure he's right. still working on it. He's probably—I I would guess that Paulie probably has seven 
seven solo synth efforts kind of going on all at once. So I would love to hear oh. something like that come out of him. I, I, I uh, that. That'd be great. That would be good. Um, yeah, so w- what we're here to talk about is your new uh, solo um, effort. Uh, so how many songs uh, have you got to release? Is it like just a single right now or have you got a whole album EP? How, how are you, uh, how are you, how was your release strategy? Uh, you know, as far as material goes, I do have a whole album written. Um, I, I think the strategy is going to be obviously releasing the single first with the video um, and trying to, to gain some publicity and um, out of that, you know, also I think it's kind of a two-sided coin here. I think, one is try to get as many people to listen to it as I possibly can by doing what I can do. Um, at the same time, kind of in the background and the other side of things, um, try to find a publicist, try to find some mm-hmm. some people in the industry that are willing to help out or, you know, pay or non-pay, whatever it works out to be. But someone that's passionately, uh, that's into it. You know, I don't want to just hire someone just to hire someone. I want to hire someone yeah. that likes, likes the song and likes that style of music. So, Absolutely. Um, so you know, I think the... Albina Road EP, which is what it's called, which mm-hmm. will be released probably sometime in September. Um, and I think right now it looks to have three songs. And I think what we'll do is we continue to record after I release that. Um, we'll see where the live, I mean, I would love to do a, a, a party. A, a, do we even call them CD release parties anymore? Who knows? Um, a, a music party, you know, a, re- a release party. Um, right. But again, that's going to depend on, you know, this just shitty virus. So, Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm hoping to, you know, we should release the full EP sometime in September. I would say October at the latest, you know, I should be able to pick a date. I, I think it's a little bit complicated because originally it was just going to be three songs and, and my style was just going to be kind of like Neil Young, kind of Cat Stevens thing where it was just me kind of on the guitar. Like mm-hmm. that's it, you know, a kind of a just basic stripped down folk kind of thing. Um, ultimately what always ends up happening with me is I record my parts, I record what I think is going to be the song, and then I listen to it, I'm like, you know, it'd be really cool if there was like a <laughs> piano part here, or maybe, maybe throw some percussion on this side, it would like kind of really build up nice, or, um, yep. so, you know, I've kind of been going back with Jay Fergaletto on some different ideas, he's the person in the video actually playing drums and keys on, yep, um, I noticed that. Yep, so he has, he had double duty in that song, actually, mm. I think he played, I think he played bass too, so I think he actually did more instrumentation than I did. So it's probably actually his song. Um, right. <laughs> so, I, you know, I think that's the goal is that, you know, and we'll see where the collaboration goes as far as, you know, what I think it needs. And if I reach out to someone who I think would be, you know, fun to kind of work with, mm. um, you know, we can see what happens with that too. But I, regardless of that, I still plan on, you know, September, October. So, Fantastic. Um and so last time we actually talked about, you'd read Ari's book, Ari Herstand. Have you re- read the new version yet? I have not. Um, I have no, not. I haven't, I haven't dug into it yet. So I, I know, I know there's a bunch of updated stuff for social media and things like that. Cause obviously the stuff changes so quickly. Oh, yeah. So is, you know, the current print's probably out of date already, but, um, yeah, definitely. you know, what have you learned from, you know, reading the book, the original book and what have you put into practice for mindset or, you know, your solo stuff. I am. Um, I still have his checklist. There's, I mean, in that book, there's like 72 checklists, but I think the main checklist I still actually have hanging up on my, uh, my cookboard in my, in my, my studio studio. This is kind of my little mm. office where I do my business stuff. And then, so I should actually technically move that paperwork into this place. <laughs> Might actually be more productive. Um, mm. I, I think, you know, uh, throughout my, my history in music, I, I, at this point, I've probably read 
you know, 40 books on the industry, you know, mm -hmm. some of them better than others. Um, and like you said, I think the biggest issue is because this industry, we're in this ever changing environment now where, you know, growing, growing up in the seventies, eighties, nineties, Mm -hmm. It changed, but it was never a drastic change like it was now. So everything is, right. you know, about the streaming and about everything else. And that's a whole different ballgame than hanging flyers on a telephone pole and hope people show up to a gig, right? So Absolutely. Um, I, I thought he had a lot of valid points. And I think most of those, I would say 99.9% .9 of those points are, are still relevant to today's scene. I think we haven't seen, you know, a huge change, I think, over the last couple of years. I think if anything, we've probably figured out how to stream music on a live stream better because that's yeah. been the that's been the only way to communicate right Necessity so is the mother of invention that's it and drive now we have what drive-through shows where people go yep. and like park like you know it's Chupalo. 19 yeah like it's 1962 again and you sit in the car and watch you know you know watch something on the screen or watch something on you know a band mm -hmm. playing on a stage so i mean you know as a species i gotta say that's creative it's great i, I think you know at least we're doing something and not just sitting on our asses and hoping it just all goes away one day. Um, right. But yeah, I mean, going back to your original question, I learned a lot from this book. I, I think probably the main thing that I'm trying to do these days, which is very difficult to do, I think, regardless of the industry that you're in, um, is consistency. So, mm -hmm. you know, it's releasing music. It's keeping up with YouTube videos, say, once a week. It's, you know, it's, it's you know, putting time aside for creative ideas, although that's a whole different that those hit me when they hit me. So I'm kind of a weirdo right. in, in that case. But, um, but yeah, I think probably the main thing I learned from all the books really is the, the, the you have to be, you can, you can be the best thing that's ever came out. Right. And, and you can have the best song. You can think that you wrote this thing that's going to change the world. But if you're not consistent with the promotion and consistent in, you know, trying to, you know, figure out a way to get it out to the public, mm. I mean, it doesn't, you, you, you stay in your basement right so um, you know I, I think that's been that's the toughest toughest thing I've probably learned you know when you get discouraged you just get right back up and you keep doing it you know so tell yourself you know I, I'm gonna send every day I'm gonna send five emails right I'm gonna reach out and you gotta kind of have that kind of list in your head and mm -hmm. everyone everyone seems to work a little bit differently in that I tried originally with you know being relatively technology you know, okay with it. Um, hmm. I tried to do all that shit on my phone where I'm like, okay, it'll like, it'll beep at me and tell me, okay, it's time for you to, you know, call this press person or whatever. Um, but, you know, I've always came back to, you know, fucking post-its, like, <laughs> you know, like just hanging on my, hanging on my computer screen. And like, it seems to me that for some odd reason, that's what gets me to do what I need to do. So I mean, I, there is something to be said for physically writing something down. Totally to kind of get that feedback loop it's like talking something out with somebody like you can think all you want in your head but until you've actually had a an out loud conversation your brain doesn't really <laughs> you know, right. it doesn't really cotton on to it so yeah no there's definitely something to be said for physically writing something down so which is why i think they say you know when you write a business plan you know you have to have it on paper right so yep. because it, it doesn't really stick in your head there is a weird disconnect by just kind of moving your thumb and typing something on the, on the cell phone or even the Mac, like whatever that you don't, it doesn't resonate as much, you know, I don't mm. know what it is and why that is, what scientifically that has to do with anything, but um, I, I totally agree with it without a doubt. So. Yeah, for sure. Um, the one thing, yeah. So, so let's, let's go back to your music a little bit. Um, sure. I don't, I don't remember if we talked a little bit about your writing process, but 
I noticed, like on social media, you're always posting your hikes. You're an avid hiker. Um, does hiking, like I've heard from somebody else, uh, I think a couple of days ago, I did an interview with someone and, you know, his lyrics came out of just hiking, like the oxygen in the brain and he just like thinks through all his ideas. So, I mean, how, how does that work for you? And do you have another writing process or? Uh, you know, that's a, that's an interesting question. I, I, I think number one would be that, you know, hiking kind of makes me realize that life's not so shitty, mm-hmm. you know, and I think it's a, a, a fact of the, probably the, I mean, obviously I do it because of the views, right? That's the biggest thing is you, you're on top of a mountain and you see, you know, things you wouldn't normally see on a daily basis. Right. So, um, but I think the other part I probably don't think about enough um, is the mental challenge of it. Right. And trying to, you know, I'm not getting any younger either. Right. So, you know, when I say, when I, when I plan a trip and I'm like, okay, this, this mountain is 5,600 feet or whatever. Um, sometimes I look for the, you know, the, the challenging trails just to kind of give myself a kick in the ass. And I, I try to take that and bring it back to my, my writing and, and my life mm-hmm. in general. Right. And like, like, like a drug really, it only lasts for so long. So it's not like something you can do once a year and it's a life changing thing. And like, everything is peachy keen and like, Oh my God, I now I'm in heaven, you know? So, um, it needs backup all the time. So I, you know, I try to go once a month. I try to go twice a month if I can. Um, obviously music, you know, keeps me busy too. And, you know, other full-time things. So um, as far as it involved in my writing process, I'd say probably more now than ever. I've always been an outdoorsy guy and, you know, just always loved that stuff. Um, there wasn't a time in my thirties where I didn't do it at all. I had a new baby. I, you know, was trying to keep a house paid and, um, you know, at the same time, writing material with Mindset X. So, uh, you know, when I got back into it, I, I think it made me realize a lot of things going back to my childhood days and mm-hmm. the way I saw things back then comparative to the way I see now. And I've kind of connected those two again. So I think um, it sparks creativity. And there are, some, there are some voice memos on my phone of me completely out of breath, um, resetting a lyric that I don't want to forget. <laughs> Right. So, so it definitely happens. So whoever you talk to about that, I, I totally agree with that, that, you know, when you're out of breath, when you're hiking, when you get in that zone, right. And mm. how sometimes that zone lasts a long time. Sometimes it comes in spurts. Um, and then something just hits you. And it's, it's kind of a weird thing. You start thinking about, you know, me, I would think about like, for an example, like, you know, how the summit reaching the summit would, would somehow correlate to me, you know, chasing something that I'm trying to get or, you know, yeah. put, putting those, to, you know, wrapping those up in words or, um, so yeah, yeah, answer your question in short, I guess is, yeah, I mean, it, it's, it, it, I'm a hippie at heart, I guess. So, you know, I, I think, um, I think without hiking that you probably see much more darker shit, <laughs> which probably still going to come anyway. But. I don't know. Maybe you should stop hiking. <laughs> <laughs> it might sell better. Um, yeah, exactly. 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 But, but what, I mean, what prompted you to do a solo, like solo release, quote unquote, you know, did COVID have anything to do with it? Or I think COVID gave me a little bit more time. Mm. Um, and I've always, I've, I've written songs for, you know, for a long time. And I, obviously there are certain songs that Mindset X write and a certain stylistically that, that write. And I always have, you know, 
some of the songs I write are not Mindset X material, right? They're not going to mm. work. I mean, we can do whatever we want with them. We can try them out to different ways, but it's just not going to fit. So, um, and I've always had this weird uh, affliction with acoustic guitar. Like, it's just one of those instruments that I love the nakedness of it. I love the, you know, the, the things that you can do with it and how it can be so emotional for an instrument. Mm. Um, and I find piano is that way too, but I'm just not really that good of a piano player. So, um you know, I I took the songs that were sitting that I thought were good and I, I tried to record them and I, 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 you know, I was happy with the results and I thought like these, you know, they may not be, you know, the heavy brooding rock or the progressive stuff that, you know, Mindset X does, but um, I thought they were worthwhile and I thought that people would enjoy them and like to hear them. And um, lyrically, it's a little bit different for me, a little bit more, I don't want to say personal because Mindset X is definitely personal, but um just personal in a different way, right? Just personal and kind of a, a solo kind of, you know, going through life. And it's fun because it's, I, I'm so used to playing in a band and I'm, mm. I'm so used to um, having others around me being able to cover up my mistakes, you know, and vice versa and all that fun stuff um, where, you know, the solo stuff, there's really no room for that. Right. right? So, and you know, it's like when I when I listen to the song and it would be here, like it's it was recorded, you know, over a year ago, really. And you know, I'm still it still hits me. Like it's still one of those things that like I, I get why I recorded it and I mm. understand where I was coming from and I find it still relevant in my head, which a lot of songs that I think musicians and I could be way off base and they can go tell me to go fuck myself and I could be wrong, but I think a lot of songs you're kinda of like, eh, you know. I, it was a good idea. I liked it, but it, it it didn't, you know, from paper to from paper to to music, right? It didn't come yeah. out the way you, I thought it would be. Um, and I can I can proudly say that and anywhere but here it did. Like it was just one of those things. Mm. So that's cool. This is the first time you've released released something under your own name, right? You didn't yeah. even have anything before. So I mean, you obviously spent a long time doing the Deviant, and you're still doing that here and there. Yeah, I mean, people people pay me to sing cover songs, and you know, it's fun. So, and it's you know, it supports. To be honest, like that stuff supports this stuff. So, yeah, you know, when I when I get paid a couple hundred bucks or I make you know some tips at a gig, it goes back into you know the basic paying for promotion for the original stuff. So, um, you know, it's tough to. It, how do I say it? It, it? It's tough to divide the two. Mm. Um, even going back to your you know, we started this this segment of you can, you know, on my Instagram or whatever, like me, how you like, I like to hike, you see my hiking pictures. And, you know, again, like with the music and the hiking, I mix the two on Instagram. And I sometimes I even take a step back from that. I'm like, should I be doing that? Like, should I have a separate account for, you know, the two separate things? So, um, and, you know, I think that makes sense with the Deviant and, and you know, the Stephen H. Scott kind of project, right? Where, I think what's probably going to happen is it'll morph into this one thing, mm. which will, which will end up being the Stephen H. Scott thing. I think the deviant will, you know, he'll, it'll always be there, you know, but I don't think it'll be a prevalent thing. Um, right. But who knows? Who knows? I could lose my job. But did, I mean, did the, did the whole playing the covers and doing the acoustic gigs um, kind of, provide any uh push to make new music and secondly have you actually played any of these um new songs live and snuck them in there between the covers 
Um, for your question number one, did the Deviant really kind of push this original material out? Um, I'd say, I'd say probably the opposite. I would mm. say, I would say that um, when you're making money and you're playing five nights a week and things are good and you're, you, you know, you think in the back of your head that you're playing music um, and you're making a living out of it, right? I think mm. you become comfortable in that. And I, I became, this is weird to say, but I guess I became, you know, the musician that I wasn't really striving to be. Mm. That makes sense because I've always been an original guy at heart, right? And, you know, not to knock playing covers or cover bands or, I mean, I do it too, right? But um, I always, in the back of my head and in the back of my heart, I always wanted to write songs, right? I, I always wanted to, like, I knew I had something I could say. I don't want to argue with anyone on Facebook about anything, but you can listen to my song and I'll argue with you that way. You know, so, <laughs> so, so um, I think, you know, I think the opposite was true. I think it probably hindered it for a little while, but then... Mm. But then it came to a point where I, I kind of, again, like going back to my original thing is I, I, I kind of mixed the two. And mm. I did, you know, to, for your second question, yeah, I, I did play a couple once in a great while. I'll, you know, I'll insert an original song in there. And they've all seemed to, you know, be doing pretty well. And um, it really depends. Like, it's a weird thing because it kind of depends on the crowd. Like certain, you know, let's, let's for an example, if you're playing outside at a, 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 a golf resort and you're playing Margaritaville, you know, no one really gives a shit about your original tune, right? So, no. um, but if you're playing more in kind of a club atmosphere and, you know, you have people that you know that are there and, um, you know, people you're friends with and people who give you some, you know, some honest feedback, right? Mm. Um, then, yeah, I think, you know, you get a good reaction. I've gotten a good reaction from them. So, um, I, I'm not sure, I'm not sure where to go from here. I have a couple of different avenues to, to think about and to, to take. Um, again, COVID, you know, but, but we'll work with, we'll work around it and, you know, we'll, we'll figure it out. So. Absolutely. So, I mean, what, what is your, uh, <clears throat> we can only guess, but what is your, uh, what is your future prediction of what live music kind of looks like after we get out of this, if we ever get out of it? I know. Ah, that's a, that's a, that's a tough question. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I mean, I do believe that, you know, that eventually it will return back to semi-normal. I, I, I don't think that, I mean, I think that COVID will, you know, I think like anything, unless, you know, unless there is a vaccine that eradicates it, like, you know, smallpox or, you know, mm-hmm. whatever else would happen back in the Spanish flu and all that fun stuff. Um, I, you know, I think, I, I mean, you, you have so many companies working on a vaccine, you're going to get one eventually. Um mm. And it's just like, I think the really weird thing is, is like COVID wise and with the reach of the internet now is no one knows what to believe, right? So, right. so what's true, what's not, what are the actual numbers? Do we actually know the numbers? Probably not. I mean, probably a rough idea, but we don't know for certain, right? So I, I think it's going to come to a point where, you know, people ain't, I'm going to say people ain't dying, but people die from the flu too. And so... I don't know, I, but I think the future, I, I think it will, I mean, my hope in my heart here is that it will kind of, you know, come back to where we can start, you know, playing out again and doing things. And if, mm. if, if we can learn anything from history and see anything from other, you know, pandemics that we went through, you know, they didn't kill us and didn't wipe out civilization. So we all kind of recovered from it one way or another and continue right. to do, you know, continue to move forward. So, you know, it's like, 
two steps forward, three steps back sort of thing, I guess, right? So. So, but what what do you think the the music scene is going to look like? I, I I mean, I personally don't think it's going to look the same. I think stuff will change. Yeah. Whether that be, you know, people. I mean, people are still doing socially distanced concerts, and they're not socially distancing now, right. which is scary. But you know, like I mean, it's brought back um, drive-in concerts, so that's that's a thing now. Yeah. You know, the the streaming platforms have definitely you know come up you know right down the street from you like my friend dave from waking up from work interviewed the guy i and i've forgotten his company name which is really bad but in hooks it he's got the sound stages um and he did the dropkick murphy's live stream and i think you know i think this whole thing is is definitely improved technology in that respect but i still don't think we're in a position where we know what the balance is going to be between live shows and live streaming um, I, I read something today um, about, uh, um, I think it was Melissa Etheridge is getting, you know, some like 10 grand a month for her live streaming based on, you know, $50 ticket sales and like super fans, which, you know, my, my whole thing with this podcast was uh, Kevin Kelly's A Thousand True Fans. So those numbers kind of, you know, make sense. But obviously Melissa Etheridge is up here and we're kind of talking about, you know, smaller acts that don't have that kind of reach right. so you know how how do how does it all work i mean yeah i mean it's different like you that's a great valid point it's different for artists that are hardly established and you know mm. have have a million fans that follow them that want to give them ten dollars to play a song that they haven't heard in a while right so yeah. um that's a you know that's the you know that's the elite right so it all filters kind of down where I mean, most of the artists out there, independent, you know, smaller type artists that, that strive. So, you know, and a lot of them try to live off it and, you know, hope for the best. And I think streaming actually is a great tool for that. You know, I, you know, I did a couple of scenes myself and I was surprised that people actually even gave me money. So mm. like, so I'm like, no, oh, this is kind of cool. I just made, you know, hundred something bucks from my basement. I didn't have to go anywhere. You know, I didn't have to load anything up. Um, so, I mean, I don't know if it'll ever be, I don't know if it'll ever be completely normal again. Mm. You know, I don't know if that's going to be back to, you know, shoulder to shoulder kind of, you know, packed venues. But on the flip side, I probably believe in my head that we're all going to get COVID eventually, whether we know we have it or not. I think the biggest thing is going to be whether we can get it again. Right. So I think that's going to be the biggest question, because if it's something that, you know, you get once and it's one strain of it, right. And the body builds up immunity is just like, a regular thing like a flu um but is it like the flu in the sense that it's going to mutate every every winter or every whatever wherever whatever season it lives the best i guess right um right is it going to mutate and do its thing and kind of we have to deal with this on a yearly basis or a, a bi-weekly basis who knows right um i don't know i i i'm still hopeful that i'm still hopeful that we'll figure it out and i'm still hopeful that um it's going to turn off for the best and i i you know, and I only can go from history, right? Mm. You know, nothing has succeeded at wiping us out completely. <laughs> so, not yet. And I don't think COVID is going to be that. I, I right. you know, I think COVID sucks and it sucks for definitely a certain percentage of people, um, you know, that could potentially, you know, die from it. But I don't think it's going to wipe out the species. And I think that, I think we'll figure it out. I think we're smart enough to figure it out. And I do have hope that we'll get back to, relatively normal. I mean, there may be some small changes in there, you know, 
Mm. San- sanitize your goddamn hands before you touch anything and wash your hands after you take a piss. I mean, it's, that's, let's, let's try to be a little cleaner. I guess. <laughs> yeah. All right. I, I'm not going to go down that rabbit hole. <laughs> but we, we all know what, um, you know, dive bar bathrooms are like. That we do. That we do. That's probably what's gave us our good immune systems, to be honest with you. <laughs> yeah. Musician. There you go. Musicians are the, uh, are the, are the uh, those uh, few that, you know, have the mu- immunity because of the bathroom. That's, that's right. That's right. <laughs> so, all right. So that, that's cool. Um, You know, and, and I guess uh, anything else you'd like to touch on about, you know, social media and how, how that's working or just the music itself? Oh, social media. That I mean, you just mentioned rabbit hole, right? So <laughs> without going down a rabbit hole, I think, um, I think I think we discussed this a little bit last time too. I, you know, I think it has its good points and bad points. I yeah. think I've I've become become at least I hope I became or is are becoming a lot smarter in the avenues that I spend money on media wise. Right. Mm. Um, the thing I find funky about like things like Facebook and you know, for example, when I I just ran an ad, I don't know, last week, right, and I spent wasn't a lot of money, thirty forty bucks, and you know, they come back with a number saying, you know, it says, <laughs> says, okay, you spend this much money, you could potentially put this between 3,000 people and 9,000 people. Well, first of all, that's bullshit. Like, that's, tell me, give me a more close number than that. Like, if I'm going to spend money on it, like, I don't want this wide range of, you know, possibilities that can go on with it. You're the one controlling the algorithms. You push it to the number of people that you can push it to, right? right. Um, and then when they come back, when I get the, the end results, right, of the, of the you know, the, your campaign has ended, here's your numbers. I mean, honestly, do I really know any of those numbers are true? <laughs> we don't, nope. unfortunately. No, I have no idea. So I am going on, I am going on the fact of what Facebook is telling me, which, you know, I don't think they have the best track record, just like probably most social media accounts. So, um, sure. so I guess... I guess I'm in a constant search of trying to figure out what the best, <laughs> what the best social media avenue is to to market. So I think social media is great, obviously for, you know, for many things. You know, it's it's. I mean, I guess it's nice to be in constant contact with people all the time. Um, sometimes, not all the time, but um, mm. but I think. I I mean I I do think it's made it more difficult. I used to think it was, it was, you know, I was like, okay, great. Now I can, I can get my music to someone in Russia. Right. Okay. That's cool. That's, that's great. That's, and then so can 85,000 other bands at the same time. So that that's a very conservative estimate. <laughs> right. Right. I'm trying to be a little bit conservative here. Um, so this is still, you know, there's still a lot of, a lot of stuff to dig through to get your voice kind of heard out there. And mm-hmm. You know, I'm sure you know it's a dog eat dog, shitty industry that is just, you know, no one ever applies to anything. You know, that no, you know, so it's like it's just you're always fighting an uphill battle. However, with that said, I don't want to sound like a, a negative Nancy here. So I, I think I, I do believe that again, going back to you know what we discussed probably ten minutes ago is the the consistency of it. Right? Is mm. is the day to day grinds the the effort that you put into it you know on on a daily and a weekly basis i think makes a huge difference and um i I mean again i could be wrong but probably put you ahead of the game in a lot of aspects of things if you continue to do that so 
Um, and I'm just, you know, I, I was never the best at that either. So this is, you know, I, I've, this year has been a lot better for me mentally as far as like figuring out how to um, attack things from different angles and what social, sure. media, what social media platforms seem to work um, and what, to, what, you know, what don't work. I mean, I, I'm not a big, I, if I, if I probably, if I didn't have anything to kind of put out there or any music to do, I don't know if I'd actually be on social media. I, I, mm. I may be on Instagram because Instagram, you don't get any political shit. You don't get any, you know, posts that, you you must have a very filtered uh, uh, feed because it's pretty uh, yeah. filtered. It's pretty filtered. Yeah. yeah, I think that's the key: is you follow what you want to see. Right, and it's based mostly around pictures, right? So, right. the number one thing on on Instagram is uh, the first off is the picture, and then, I mean, in, in theory, you don't even have to read the shit that's below it if you don't want to. You just look at the picture and kind of scroll past it. Uh, right. Where Facebook is just like, you know, screaming right in your face: "This is this is what I believe in. This is what I ate for breakfast." You know, this is, you know, the things that piss me off today, you know, like mm. I'm trying to be positive here. I don't want to read all that stuff. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think Twitter is just as bad as Facebook. <laughs> oh, oh, I don't, I don't go on Twitter. I, I know I should because it's another audience, but it is, it is. I just don't like the platform. No, I'm not a big Twitter platform, Twitter guy. Have you, uh, have you gone into uh, TikTok yet? <laughs> no, I've, uh, I've almost downloaded it. You know, a couple of times, and I came to the conclusion that I'm gonna guess most of my fan base isn't on there. So, right. So, I'm just not gonna add another thing unless just, just wait to see if there's a uh, a Pink Floyd resurgence in the younger generation, and then then go. hit it. May, may, yeah, what? Keep keep searching for TikTok Pink Floyd, and then then you'll know you've hit it at the right time. <laughs> that's, that's right. That's right. I mean, it's just uh, you know what it is. It's so much so much work like it's like that mm -hmm. aspect of things just just coming up with ideas to you know if they say like you read different blogs right and different you know podcasts about you know about communicating via social media being in a band or whatever you're whatever you're marketing and they're like okay once a day here you know should you should do a youtube video every couple of days you should do like like when you have like other shit to do like mm -hmm. <laughs> it's hard to do and it's, it's it's not it's not even hard to like put the work into it get it done it's like on a creative aspect of things, you know, you want to come up with something that's going to be different and you would watch, right. And would be relevant. Like, right. I don't want, I don't want to see myself eating a baked potato. Like that just doesn't do anything for me. So I'm like, I'm not going to post something like that because maybe someone, maybe someone would enjoy that, but I don't think I would enjoy that. So, you know, I want to make it mm. meaningful and, and kind of, you know, at, at least have some, some backbone behind it. You know, so I think that's the biggest thing with social media for me is, you know, when I post something, I want to give, I want like something to be interesting, not just, I mean, I don't want to be a reality TV show, but I guess that's part of the, I guess that's of, part of the game. Unless of course, eating a baked potato is a metaphor for something else. And now you're in a concept <laughs> album. Right. Uh, or a lawsuit. Oh, there you go. No, but I mean, I mean, go back to the to the ads. I mean, I I, I did find that, um, you know, again, spending 30, 40 bucks a month, something like that, something small. Yeah. Um, I did find that like having a perpetual ad that just, you know, you can get the settings like what what are you actually looking to do? And, you know, I, I think I set it to uh, um, just brand awareness and just having that running constantly. I do find it does 
you know, get in people's faces and, and it kind of boosts other things. So you have that kind of brand awareness thing. And then your other posts that you actually want people to do stuff with start to get a little more traction. And, you know, yep. and, and I found my downloads for the podcast have started to increase the last Good. couple of months. So I, I, I think I'm doing, I, I don't think, you know, one ad is going to be the be all and end all. But if you're doing this and that and that, all collectively together kind of you do see uh you do do start to see some momentum whether that be podcast downloads or, or streams on spotify or youtube followers or whatever it is i i do like you said consistency is the key and i think if you hit all these different areas um it does help i agree but, and yeah. i i think you're you're right on the money when you say that you know just getting your page out there and promoting it that way just to have a, a kind of a slow trickling kind of effect of you know over a longer period of time is probably for me personally would be the best way to promote and and spend my money right because i want to mm -hmm. increase the more i can increase the likes on my page you know the more reach i have from my other posts that i want people to either go check out or you know let's communicate back and forth or whatever right um and I, yeah i agree with that 100 percent. i mean it just you know branding your image and branding your page and trying to you know make as many people see it and Absolutely. i mean again again i do see it and i do see results to a certain extent i mean at the same time um i mean what what, what do i believe i, I don't know mm -hmm. I, I think <laughs> i think but what choice do we have like what unless i create my own social media platform that i run with myself I really don't have a choice, <laughs> but to... I mean, there are other alternatives. Like in, in, in the Dallas Fort Worth area, there is a network of digital uh, billboards and you can buy a subscription. Yeah. Um, and it's not that expensive. Cause I know, you know, working in the t-shirt company, there's been definite a customer that's done theirs and I've seen their ad. Uh, my friend Latoya that is just on the podcast. She's, she's done one for her music meets the boardroom. I don't know if Boston area has that kind of thing. Probably does, but I've not I've not seen it. But any any big metroplex has got to have some kind of service like that. So I'll have to check it you out. Know, you know that, or you could do like people do magnets on the side of cars. I don't know how much how effective that would be, but like billboards. I mean, if you if you get to the right kind of people and you know, I don't know. Let's say, um, at least in Dallas, there's. Uh, um, Downtown Dallas has a, a, a very, uh, you know, musical, arty section, um, you know, Deep Ellum. And I, I would think that if you're a band and you want to put us, if there, if there is a sign down there, I don't know. But, um, you know, that would be an ideal position. I know, I know the network is kind of all over and it just runs on different signs randomly, yeah. depending on your subscription level. But, yeah, maybe that's... Maybe getting getting something up on a billboard for you know however much it costs might be better at this point. If you're looking to like when we do go back to shows, maybe you know it's it's kind of the the larger scale version of putting a a, a flyer on a telephone pole. Really, right? Maybe going back to old school stuff and just trying it might, if you have the funds, maybe that will work. Yeah, I know. No, that's a that's a, a valid and something to definitely look into. I'll have to check it out around around the Boston mm. area and New Hampshire. So, um, I mean, I think I would think if Dallas has it, I would think Boston would have something similar. I would think um, so. Would I think that Manchester, New Hampshire would have it? I don't know. <laughs> Maybe. I mean, it's a little uh, too spread out. I mean, it is. Well, you say that, but then maybe I. Know, I mean, there's definitely billboards on. Uh, 
293 up through the center of town. So, you know, that got to have a t- shit ton of traffic coming from south to Boston. So, oh, yeah, definitely. but again, the, the money's probably there, too. You know, <laughs> I know I know the building probably. where at least Rock 101 was was when I was there. I don't know if they're still in the same building, but I think they but, are. Yeah, but that that's always got like a Powerball sign on it, so I'm sure the the lottery's spending a crap ton of money on that. <laughs> you're right, you're right. I mean, it's definitely in like you know going back to our original conversation here is is you know thinking outside the box, right, and trying yeah. to figure out other ways to kind of um to kind of to kind of get your music out there or get you know whatever it doesn't even have to be music, whatever your your passion is. So, um, sure. and it's yeah, it's it's one of those things. You just consistency is the key. Consistency for me. I mean. Again, that's just my opinion, but I think with anything, if you're not, if you know, if you're not putting the work into it, it's just a hobby, right? So absolutely. All right. Um, let's. I think we should probably wrap it up. Um, sure. What? Where can people find out about the new, the new solo stuff, and obviously Mindset X and and everything else you're into? Yeah. So um, Mindset X obviously is uh, mindsetx.com. It's kind of the best place to visit, and um, for for my solo stuff, I think it's Stephen H. Scott music.com. Um, I think okay. that's what I think that's what it is. And I went, let me double check that just to make sure it's new. So I still don't even know my own stuff. One quick sec. You don't have a uh, post-it note with that stuff on Stephen H. Scott. I know, you know what I should. Damn it. <laughs> it's actually Stephen H. Scott.com. So just get rid of the music. Um, okay. And so I think from there, from, you know, the easiest thing is to visit those websites. And from there, mm-hmm. you can get our YouTubes and get the Facebook and get Instagram, SoundCloud and um, all that. No, no TikTok yet. No TikTok yet. Um, you never know. You could talk. We could talk again in six months and I, I might have the biggest TikTok account on TikTok. So that know. may be my goal. <laughs> awesome. probably, probably not, though. Probably not. <laughs> cool. So what uh, what song would you like to play? Um, I think Anywhere But Here would, would be would be the one to kind of push right now so okay we will do that then so awesome as always it's been a, a pleasure talking to you and catching up um so again continued success for the for the future and hope hope uh you know i can't wait to hear the, the whole ep and see how it turns out um and yeah stay healthy thanks sam i appreciate it thanks as always for listening i really hope you enjoyed this episode If you're interested in supporting this podcast, then I'd be extremely grateful if you would. I have added a page on musiconyourownterms.com to allow you to do just that. On that page, I have added some eBay affiliate links to equipment I use on the podcast. If you buy anything from eBay with these links, then I earn a commission which really helps me continue to provide this great content to you, the listener. Stay up to date with the podcast and find out who I'll be interviewing in upcoming episodes before they air by signing up for the mailing list at musiconyourownterms.com. On the site, you'll also find show notes for every episode, some pretty cool videos to check out from various guests, and also links to their music and social media if you want to find out more. While you're there, don't forget to take a peek at the store and pick up something for your grandma. Keep pushing the needle and be excellent to each other. This is Stephen H. Scott with Anywhere But Here. It's a long way home from here But tell me, where is here? I don't know where I left my heart 
sounds and creaks I can't explain And they stay inside my head Door, I seem to find the ship that I've left behind. All my feelings float away. And aimlessly I sail ahead, ignoring what the people said. And now I'm running out of things to say. The path I've chosen. Don't